Hello and welcome to the Draft Talk podcast, the podcast talking all things NFL Draft. We have news, interviews, mock draft scouts reports and the legendary top fives, of course. Absolutely everything you'll need to be ready for this year's NFL Draft. I'm your host, Brian. We're brought to you by the good guys at 99 Yards. And talking of good guys, as ever, I'm joined by the best of the best, three of our Draft Talk good guys, MJ, Owen and Stu. Guys, how are you doing? Very well, Brian. And uh, been listening to you moonlighting still another podcast this week as well over our 99 Yards NFL uh, podcast there, taking over the world of hosting. Do you notice that we didn't get called legends, but they did? <laughs> yeah, and I've, I yeah, I, I yeah. call that. So we need to maybe up our game to, We need to become more than legends. <laughs> I I don't know. We're we're not, we're not old enough to be legends yet, are we? Surely. Go with that. Yeah. What well, good we guys? Be. Yeah. Come on. Good guys, legends. They'll do. <laughs> I mean, we got thirteen weeks of this. I can't start off with legends, can I? You've got to give you something to build up to. Anyway, so you're all doing okay. We're excited to talk NFL draft. Good stuff. Uh, we like to, as I mentioned, we like to do all sorts of stuff. Last week we were looking back. We awarded our very own all rookie team, uh, and this week we're looking forward. We're looking forward to a very important week in the draft calendar. That's of course next week's Senior Bowl. It starts on Tuesday, and we were covering absolutely all of it: practices, interviews, and of course the game itself on Saturday. Um, very shortly. We'll be touching on some of the players that will feature. But, uh, hey, you couldn't have a game without coaches. Uh, previous coaches include the likes of Dan Campbell, Zach Taylor, Robert Sala over the last couple of years. But they've made a bit of a change this year. Uh, the guys at the Senior Bowl changing the structure a little. Um, oh, I'll talk us through it. Uh, and do you think it's a, it's a good idea, bad idea? What do you reckon? Yeah, so a bit of a mix up to what we uh, what we usually see. So just to get a little bit of context, what the the coaching staff at the Senior Bowl have always done um, is decide their that kind of their leadership structure are based upon the the draft order. So the two highest teams who haven't changed their coaching staff usually are the two that, that get the gig and, and are the head coaches for the two of the uh, American and the national teams at the Senior Bowl this, uh, this year. It means that the, there's a bit of a change. So there's going to be a mix of coaches of all non-playoff NFL teams. So um, all teams have been able to nominate coaches. Um, and, and there'll be those teams that, that aren't participating in the playoffs anyway. Um, and their votes, so the votes of the team have been combined with votes of the Senior Bowl leader, uh, leadership. And they've come up with the top names for the guys who will be coaching at the Senior Bowl. So... Um, all those coaches that have been nominated, they'll all be working in elevated positions. So, for example, the, uh, the head coach for the American team is the Bears OC. And the same for the national team, it's the Raiders DC. I will touch on them in a moment. Um, but the whole point of it is that the NFL is wanting to promote the professional development of their coaches. Uh, so, really... I think I have heard Jim Nagy say he wasn't particularly a fan of this structure to start with. You know, over over 70 years of the Senior Bowl, this is the first time that there's been this kind of shakeup. Um, so it has took a lot of work for them to to get around it, to see how it will work. But I think in the long run, it will be for the benefit of the coaches and for the benefit of the players, because players now are going to have multiple teams staff members on their coaching team rather than just one so instead of last year just being coached by the lions they are going to be a complete mix of nfl teams 
who will get eyes on these players and more and more interaction. So more interaction is always good for these players. So the head coach of the American team is going to be Luke Getze, the Bears OC. And for the national team, it's the Raiders uh, defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham. As I said, the first time it's been done by this, uh, it's, it's the NFL's choice. This isn't the senior ball hasn't dictated this. It's been the choice of the NFL. Um, it's been a bit of a puzzle for them to put together, but I think in the long run, it's going to work quite nicely. Is a little bit unusual, I must say as well, just to just comment that last year they introduced uh, HBCU colleges staff into their into their roster to promote uh, to, to promote diversity. That is happening again, so that is still going ahead. Um, but I think it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it how it works out. But I think in the long run, it'll be really good for the players to get that interaction from other teams rather than just one. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting to see how some of these coaches um, put together the, the coaching staff and how they work, because it's a short space of time they're going to have to be working together to try and um, come up with a strategy of how they're going to going to address this game, what kind of paces are going to put the players through and things. I think MG is going to talk a little bit about the uh, Patrick Graham. So um, from the other side of it, Luke Getze, who's the um, Chicago Bears um, offensive coordinator, he's been in place since... Um, Matt Aberflues took over. He's been point. He's been just in that job just about a year. Um, so they've had the struggles on offense, but I, I don't know if that's all down to the offensive coordinator or not. There's been a lot of uh, newness to to that. He was a he was a quarterbacks coach under Matt Lafleur in um, Green Bay as well. So he's worked with some big names like like Aaron Rodgers. He spent his time in the college game as well. Um, he was the OC at Mississippi State and a wide receivers coach there. But he's come through various universities. Um, you know, starting off at Akron, he's gone through Pittsburgh, he's been to Western Michigan, so he's, he's been around a little bit. Um, although he's not particularly old, he's he's served his time, so it'll be interesting to see how he takes that next step up. Yeah, so um, just to, to go back over what, what you said there, I think the, the positives are that ultimately the players get exposure to more coaches from more different teams, and, and that, that I think will be a good thing. Um, I really like this coaching up. You know, the, the people who are coordinators becoming head coaches, people who coach a position group going up to being coordinators. I think that's really positive for, for the professional development of the coaches. I, I agree, Stu. I think in a short space of time, putting together your staff and ensuring that your drills and your prep for the game is coordinated so the players understand what the game plan is. I think that will be interesting to see how that, that plays out. I was just going to uh, mention Patrick Graham just in terms of obviously he's currently Raiders uh, defensive coordinator. Before that, he was Giants defensive coordinator. Um, the, just my reflections on that time, because he did an awful lot of good work with the Giants defense. But one of the things I wanted to touch on is he's definitely going to test the players footballing IQ. He he ran very exotic coverages and blitzes for, for his defense. So I, I think he he will... If you're a player um, going to the senior ball and one of your strengths is your footballing IQ and you're on that, he's on the national side, isn't he? Um, I think if you're on that team, then I think you you may well gel quite well with Patrick Graham. I don't think Patrick Graham is going to put together a paint-it-by-numbers week. I think he's really going to test these guys in terms of their footballing intelligence. And I think that will be really interesting to see. Good stuff. We'll see how it works with the new coaching structure, but it uh, could be good, could be bad, but I'm sure they'll put the players through it. Uh, talking of players, 
Let's get on to the players. That's mainly why we're here, isn't it? Former senior bowl players uh, include the likes of Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert. Go a bit further back, you've got Ladanian Tomlinson. Uh, Philip Rivers has always some serious talent at the senior bowl. Uh, talking of which, uh, Stu, kick us off. Uh, give us some of your top, top prospects that you'll be looking for at next week. Um, the number one guy that I'm really interested to see, in that, and there's lots of players here that's really interested to see, the one guy that sticks out for me um, is Derek Hall, defensive lineman from Auburn. Um, he is a guy who has a potential to be an ascending player, I think, in this draft. We saw it, um, how well the senior bowl did for Jermaine Johnson last year. He was a guy who um, was all over the press after the senior bowl, and he ended up being drafted 26 overall by the New York Jets. Um, I think Hall is the one guy for me who I think might have that potential ascension with a really good senior bowl. Um, he's an explosive pass rusher with all the kind of right measurables at the position, and he's also a, a very good run defender as well. Um, he still has a pass rush plan to work out a little bit for me. Um, Auburn did tend to use him as that more that outside linebacker, drop him into coverage a lot because he is so athletic, and I think that's maybe held him back on the pass rush side of things. But I think for me, he's a one player I'd be looking at that if he has a good senior board, might push in the back end of that first round. Yeah, I just just to pick up on Hall there, so absolutely the notes that I've got here echo that. And the, the thing that I've got is the develop the moves, develop those pass moves. Um, and obviously one of the best parts of the week are these one-on-one drills where they take on the offensive line. And I think that those are the most fun to watch. And that is where somebody like Hall needs to show that he's got some moves that, you know, if if the if the offensive lineman gets set and, and you know, defends that that kind of first move, what can he do after that? Um, because he's definitely explosive. And I think that's what we want to see is we want to see off, you know, off the start line uh, when he's going up against these guards or tackles that that explosion. But then has he got the moves to back that up? Yeah, sticking with uh, with that position, um, because my my watch list is just full of those trench guys, just all tackles and, and edges, because I think that is going to be where this senior ball is, is really contested, because I feel like although there are some classes that are strong, that's where the money is going to be made in the senior ball, and that's where the, the real stretches are going to happen. So I think a lot of these tackles and a lot of the... The, the defensive linemen are quite similarly ranked so it's going to be my my interest really is going to be on those on those trenches and especially the one-on-one drills to see who can really separate themselves because they are all so closely matched and one guy that I am really really intrigued about is Andre Carter from Edge from Army who's got a really really interesting story coming from Army um we didn't even know whether he was going to be allowed to enter the NFL draft just a month ago. That uh, there was a, some. If, you, if, if anyone don't know, if you if you work uh, if you are at a service, um, a military service academy, then you have to complete two mandatory years of military service once you graduate. Um, you can get special dispensation if you're going to become an athlete, but that then needs to be completed at the end of, of your um, athletic career or you have to repay your fees. The, there was a bill that went through in um, in December that was going to stop that and, and that just wasn't going to be possible and they weren't going to be able to defer that. So all expectation was that 
Andre Carter wasn't going to be able to leave. Now, there's been an amendment to that bill, which means he now can because he um, enrolled at the college before that bill was passed. So great for him. And he is an extremely uh, unique player, shall we say. He's really long. He's got superb length. His arms, his wingspan is going to be huge and he's, he's really explosive. Um, and he's going to be one of those players whose best football is is all ahead of him. So it's going to be what can what do NFL teams think that they can make Andre Carter into? He needs he doesn't really have a pass plan. He doesn't really um, he loves the the swim move that's his go to, or and loves a spin. Uh, but that's about that's about it. So it's going to be how these teams can train him up. So it'll be see it'll be good to see him against better opposition. Let's, let's face it, Army don't play. Uh, that good of a quality of opposition um but he's a, he's a top 40 prospect for me right now and i'd be really interested to see if if he rockets himself up because i think he could if he turns it on against some of these better tackles yeah i think i think carter will be someone who will benefit from being at the senior bowl where it's all the focus is on football yeah. i think sometimes in the the service academies that's no disrespect because they they do a great job and you we've seen exciting you know army games navy games i don't think the whole entire focus on everything is on football and i think that when someone's just constantly focused on his ability to play football i think that andre carter will benefit from that um i'm not quite there on him yet as a top 40 guy but i can see why you might be i think you know he's that height weight speed he's, a, he's an athlete he's massive he's got big long arms and um, he's explosive um, it's about all about whether that that functional strength and that pass rush plan comes together for him. Yeah, I, what a story he will be. I mean, has has anybody ever been drafted partly because they had to pass legislation or an amendment to legislation? I mean, that's that is a that's a great story. He will be will the, obviously... the, basically the first army player to be drafted um, since the nineteen forties. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, was, that's... I knew it was ages. I couldn't remember how long it was, but it was it's ages. Yeah. Yeah, that that's amazing, isn't it? And that will that will obviously follow him. You know, wherever he gets drafted, and and people will follow his career from now on. Obviously, because of the army background, one of the things you know in the senior bowl, as well as you know how we, well you play on the field, is character, um, and you can do an awful lot for yourself at the senior bowl by you know doing things in the right way. We saw last year, you know, uh, it was Zion Johnson, wasn't it? He was he was going out on the field after the practices. He was doing things in you know. Trying out different uh, places on the offensive line, and that really, really helped him out. So I think Carter will be a great story. I was just going to perhaps round off discussion on on some of these defensive line guys by mentioning Isaiah Foskey um, from Notre Dame. Um, you know his production: two eleven sack seasons, the highest number of sacks in in their history. Um, and he's he's also a great character and leadership guy. Uh, he's a high end athlete. He's, he's a kind of a converting speed to power guy. Um, and he's definitely a guy, an edge rusher, where he's, he's coming around the outside. He's he's not rushing r- rushing inside. So it's, for me, with Foskey, it's going to be about the power. Can he generate the power to knock some of these offensive, these top offensive line guys backwards? Um, because, as you've mentioned, there's there's quite a lot of guys who are at this point in time, of a similar sort of standing, and it's things like Senior Bowl, things like the Combine later on, that are going to push one guy ahead of the other. Can I give one last shout-out before we move on to a, to a different position? And that's, um, wait for the pronunciation on this, Adi Adebaore, 
from Northwestern, who, when I spoke to Jake Matthews, the um, interior offensive lineman that I did an interview with from Troy, um, that was up a couple of days ago, he said he is the best athlete that he has faced while he's been preparing for the senior bowl. So that's that's put his name up for likes of me. So I'm expecting big things from him. Yeah, I think that there's a lot to be gained, particularly for these defensive linemen, because I think, and not giving too much away in my mind, we've kind of got Will Anderson and Jalen Carter and then the rest, in in my mind. Um, and so there's a lot of positions and, you know, shuffling that deck and moving and finding your way up top. So so guys who, who go to things like the Senior Bowl or there's this weekend coming up in Vegas, we're not talking too much about but the East-West Shrine Bowl game, you know, guys who go and participate in these kind of things potentially do show coaches a little bit more and, and give them that more to to work on and, and see. So I think the, the defensive line guys will be all out to impress. And just to mention, you know, it's a copycat league. So you look at the teams. So NFC Championship this, this weekend, um, 49ers and Eagles heavy in those trenches and also able to rotate guys through it's it's not as though they have a starting four and that's it and as soon as you sub guys in um that's your your defensive line power gone you know the number of sacks that the eagles have got they've got multiple guys on double digit stacks um I, and i think you'll find that teams will want to get that additional depth at this position absolutely so we've got a big uh few guys in the trenches there anybody sort of skill position guys we're going to look forward to they've obviously got their one-on-ones as well yes there is but i think they're more guys who are underrated so i was just waiting to see if one of the guys jumped in there and there was someone that they they really really liked i think a lot of the guys that the receiver position that we're going to be looking at are players that we have maybe been overlooking. Um, and really, I'm thinking that there might be a couple of players who come out as under the radar guys who um, really have propelled their stock that we haven't been speaking about before. A player that I really like that I expect to have a kind of a, a breakout, if you like, is Nathaniel Tank Dell from Houston, who's made my top 10 receivers really He's just a pure separator. The problem is he's small. He's five foot ten and 165 pounds. But his nickname's Tank. That's for a reason, right? <laughs> it's not very often you're going to see that uh, that in the NFL. But I, I think he could he could be one that really uh, succeeds in one on ones because he he is a really good separator. So he could be one that if he can get a a corner on their ankles, then uh, then he's going to be able to separate and, and really. You know, put himself as long as he can catch those deep balls then he's one who can really take out and then another guy who um who's just become on the radar really is Andre Yeshivas from Princeton another small school guy um as, is getting comparisons to uh, to Christian Watson um and uh, so we'll see how that works but if he can put he's a, he's a fast guy he apparently runs or can run in the low four threes um, a, a big guy as well, six foot three, two hundred. So you know that, that's not to be taken lightly. So if he can turn the burners on to get some separation and those one on ones, then yeah, I think he could he could boost himself too. I I've, I've got down here. I was just looking up this afternoon how to say Yoshi Bass because <laughs> yeah, he's somebody that I, I've only just kind of got to got to know and start to to delve into. But yeah, he's a fantastic and fascinating um, prospect. 
not often we get many from Princeton that we're looking at in any any sort of detail. I think it's something like the fastest 60 meter dash in NCAA history. I think that's what you know that's what he's capable of. Um, and just to mention on Dell, I, I I love guys whether it's this position or you know whatever position across the field, the guys who are not the prototypical size, height, height, weight combination. For whatever reason, they seem to be the guys who put in the additional amount of effort, that, that kind of prove it effort. So somebody like Dell, who, as you say, I mean, for his his height and weight, but his nickname is the tank. I mean, that, you know, that just shows you that the determination that somebody like that has. And yeah, he absolutely gets open at will. So what you wide receiver aficionados are telling me is that American team is the team to watch because that's two guys you mentioned there. And they also have probably the guys who I think are probably the two biggest names in that team as well. You've got Rasheed Rice from SMU and uh, Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. They're probably among the bigger names that are, that are at the senior bowl and people probably know a bit more about those guys. And they're all on the same squad. So, um, yeah, for someone who's more... Uh, different interests and skill position, positions really that's that's team I'm going to be looking out for is your wide receivers on that team but I think it's a really a hard environment to shine in, in the skill positions the senior bowls um, it's easy to look bad in quotes at times when with, when it's not bad players I think it is a difficult environment to shine in so um, hopefully some of these guys can do really well down there Yeah I think I've got I've got Rashi Rice he's on my, my list of, of guys to watch um, you know, he is a good height, weight combination guy and physical, those kind of jump balls downfield. And he runs really good routes. But his his issue is there's nothing that's particularly amazing. You know, there's not that high end speed. There's not the explosion. There's a lot of good stuff. And the way that we're going with the league, you know, a team's going to look at somebody who is more explosive, who has got more high end speed. So, so Rashi Rice has got to kind of put across that in amongst all that decent production and all those good traits that he has, that he is a. Um, it, it's almost like he's a he's a he's a safe option. You know, he's got, he's got to go out there and, and basically try and catch everything, especially in the contested catch. Um, but yeah, I would agree with you, uh, Stu, that when it comes to the game, I think the American side is the one I'm watching in terms of the the wide receivers. Uh, on, on the opposite side, a lot's been said uh, by yourselves, by other other things that I've listened to and read. Uh, this is a really good draft for defensive backs, especially the corners. Are there any of them corners at the senior ball that you guys are going to be uh, keeping tabs on? You're going to jump in there, Stu? Uh, yeah, I was, but um, you can you can go on if you'd like to. <laughs> okay, I was going to mention one name. I do have a couple of names, but one name in particular, which is Tyreek Stevenson from Miami, who is a player. I was going to jump in with. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't I, I hadn't watched him, and but when the goat speaks, people listen. Daniel Jeremiah has him first as a friend. first round player and in the yeah. first round mock, which means we have to have eyes on him. Um, so <laughs> let's see. Let's see what he can do because all of a sudden there's an awful lot of attention on Tyreek Stevenson that people didn't even know his name until until a week ago. Then all of a sudden people are expecting huge things from him. I think it's interesting, isn't it, that when when you look at Jeremiah's mock draft, it makes people listen 
for people that maybe haven't, because he's goes here to the ground. He knows a lot of people in the league, and if if he's mocking Tyreek Stevenson in the first round and putting his name out there as being the only guy that's mocking him anywhere close to that, yeah, there must be something in it. There must be something that he, unless he's just falling in love with a guy watching him that, that maybe other people haven't seen, but there's got to be something in that. So he, yeah, he was a guy I was going to speak about just purely for that reason. He's he's going to be thrown into a bit more of a, a national attention now than maybe he would have a week ago. Um, I was just going to pick on one guy, and, and in particular, uh, again, one of those things where he could end up doing reps at multiple positions, because when you're talking about the the secondary, you know, there's a lot of guys. Are they, you know, are they just pure corners? Do, are they safeties? Can they do this kind of linebacker or, or dimebacker kind of position? So JL Skinner, uh, Boise State. So again, good. So I think he's six four, about two twenty pounds. Um, he's going to. In games, he's going to be closer to the line of scrimmage if he's he's a safety. He's more down in down in that box. But I think if I was Skinner, I I you know I I would be up for well, okay, give me some reps at linebacker as well. Let's let's see you know coverage in in linebacker positions, um, just because versatility. Once you get past that initial defensive line, versatility behind that defensive line is only going to improve your draft stock. I'll give you two more names. One of them, uh, Julius Brents from Kansas State. He's a corner, really long corner, six foot four, two hundred and two pounds. Really long, uses that length to defect passes, but is a really, really strong tackler. So uh, interesting to see how he goes up against some of these speedy receivers. If you've watched him in college football, he absolutely locked up Quentin Johnson, who we're talking about as maybe the top wide receiver in this class. So he's one to watch. Um, and then kind of in the as a safety Chris Smith is a player from Georgia who is is a true safety will play more, more of that shell and, and backfield coverage um but he is a player who will I think after the senior bowl be getting more kind of end of the first round beginning of the second round kind of vibes um because he is just a really really solid safety and I'm going to have to rewrite my watch list because just before we started I was just having a look about a few things, and I just noticed that Jordan Battle had with, withdrawn from the Senior Bowl just right, okay. just just a day ago, and he was one of the guys I was interested to see because he was somebody who was people were very high on in the in the summertime, and has kind of slipped off the radar a little bit. But he's actually withdrawn, so my watch list will have to be rewritten before it goes out. Yeah, we've got a bit of admin. So. I guess, guys, we've been through plenty there. And um, as you mentioned, the watch list will be out. Uh, have a read of that. But yeah, any any more names for uh, while we're, we're talking senior ball? One player I wanted to touch on was um, Cody Moch. Or Moch, is that a, I'm not quite sure you pronounce it. it. It makes me laugh a little bit when we hear about his name because being a, a tutor in our local dialect, a Moch is somebody who is a bit minging and a bit rough and a bit <laughs> dodgy looking and when you see a bit and you've probably okay. seen this you've probably seen this one of before college and after college Cody Mock all with his nice short hair and after college he's missing his teeth and his long hair so he looks like a mock so he just makes me laugh when I think about him but um he's actually in all seriousness he's a very good player and I think he's a guy who potentially could do himself a lot of favours at the senior bowl he's, he's a sixth year senior so he's been around the game a long time um a, he's a, he's kind of controlled, measured kind of player, but I think some of the the technique in, in footwork might be something that he needs to work on him towards the draft. But an, an interesting name to keep a name an eye on, and um, particularly because there seems to be 
a cluster of three kind of tackles everyone's speaking about. Teams are always looking for tackles, so it's kind of who's the next guy up, and, and he will be in that group, maybe not the, the, the one that you're going to definitely go for, but he'll be in that group of kind of next tier or two down from the top guys. Yeah, I think he, whatever the outcome, he's going to be a player that people are speaking about by the end of practices because we all remember last year, Trevor Penning and the videos of Trevor Penning absolutely ruining guys, winding them up left, right and centre. And that's exactly what this guy is because he is a nasty finisher. He's going to be putting people in the ground when he doesn't have to. There's going to be clips galore of him. How many walk-on tight ends at the Division Two level of college then go on to play offensive line and probably, and, you know, go to the senior bowl and get drafted is a really, really good story. But you know, as a smaller school guy, you know, everyone always falls in love with one at the senior bowl, you know, where I remember Quinn Miners a couple of years ago. And... I was about to say, he gives me Quinn Miners vibes, doesn't he? He's got that, <laughs> yeah. you can imagine him being out, like, posing with his, like, out with his axe in the forest, like, Quinn Miners was. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, not to the same caliber of, of kind of um, player, but Cole Strange was a small school guy who ended up going in the first round last year. So he's got a real opportunity. And I was just going to say that recapping back to what we said on the previous podcast about, you know, our rookies of the year, when we got to the tackle position, it wasn't like we were picking guys or, or the offensive line as a whole. We weren't picking guys who were all first rounders. We, you know, we were picking guys out of the third round, fifth round who'd had really good years. Um, so there's, there's plenty of depth there. Uh, a lot of these guys can do themselves a lot of good at the senior bowl. I think, you know, the, you know, you've, you've mentioned Cody Mark there. Um, he's a, he's a really easy mover. One of the things I'm interested in actually is who comes off better this week. Is it, is it the guys who are kind of like easy movers? You know, they move quite nicely laterally. So there's him, there's, um, the guy at Syracuse, Matthew Bergeron, you know, he's, again, he's a good mover or is it going to be the big, strong kind of maulers? you you Darwin Jones, Steve Avila from TCU. It's going to be really interesting to see um, which of these guys um, has the best week. Yeah, just mentioning Matthew Bergeron there from Syracuse. He's a player that that I really like, but I worry about what he could be at the senior ball. I do think it's a good opportunity for him being there, but his he is just a solid, smooth player. And I do worry that he might get lost behind some of these guys who who are just going to be nasty and finish, but really the NFL, you know, we're all going to be talking about this player who's just absolutely, you know, nastily finished some guy, but the technique maybe wasn't great, but he's it's just a fun clip. Whereas as a couple of players, Matthew Bergeron, I think it's one of Daniel uh, Darnell Wright, I think from Tennessee could be another player like that. The one Jones from um, Ohio State is a really good right tackle. These are all players who are, who maybe. Um, won't get their, their names and the clips out there in the media because the clips weren't as fun, but the teams will look at it as being that is a solid tackle that we can slot straight in. Yeah, we've had quite a few ta- conversations off air about Matthew Bergeron. He's been a guy that we both really liked um, early on in the process as well. And I think that y- you're right. Teams maybe aren't quite as swayed as Twitter is about guys getting yeah. smashed into the ground, they're going to be looking at the guys who can handle the business with a minimum of fuss and and, and not cause penalties. Because, you know, you see some teams absolutely crippled with with penalties. And, and if you just have your technique right and you're not trying to annihilate your opponent and be stupid about it, these guys will will be noticed and, and for the right reasons, but maybe just quietly so. Yeah. Um, just while we're talking about offensive line, there's a few interior guys that are there who are going to be 
Um, big names. Um, we've seen the likes of uh, Osiris Torrance and John Michael Smith be talked about quite a lot. One of the guys I'm interested to get a bit more eyes on is um, Andrew Voorhees. Um, I've seen a few mock drafts recently of him going, and it seems to be from the draft network, there's a couple of guys there. I mean, I've seen him go in the top 10 in a couple of mock drafts there, which was mega surprising, and, and, I, and I didn't get it at all. Why is for he's been drafted so highly. So I'm maybe missing something. I don't know. And I would just want to see how he, he um, gets on in this environment. I think it was about eight, seventh or eighth someone had him drafted. I think it, it was really, really high. I can't remember whose um, mock draft it was, but I was like, ooh, that, that's high. I need to see what I'm missing there. Yeah, I think we're both missing it there then. I don't see that. <laughs> but uh, hopefully he can show it. Um, I just looked, I was just, Getting my notes up on him there just to just see what I had written, and I've, I've got it felt like his movement skills were, were just kind of average, and he kind of lunged was gave up a lot of leverage at times because he was lunging into into tackle. So maybe uh, if he can clean some of that up, and and you know in the one on ones that will that will come out. So that that could be interesting to see. And I guess finally, guys, is there anyone? You may have mentioned them already. Anyone who's got a bit of pressure on them this week, someone who needs to have a big week or, say, can't have a bad week. You mentioned their players that are sort of maybe on the edge of being day one, day two picks, or day three, day two picks. Guys, they can, they can earn a lot of money this week. I don't know if there is that guy that I think is a shoo-in um, for a top 15 10 15 pick like normally the senior bowl will have some guys who are you know they try and spread it out so there'll be some guys who are, who were drafted really early on and some guys who will go undrafted so some play, you know, teams can get their eyes on they get the whole draft spectrum i'm not sure there is that top end talent this year mainly because they've been invited and then are just simply not going to turn up a lot of them through injury um you know, tyree wilson devon witherspoon uh, Dalton Kincaid have all suddenly come down with injuries over the last couple of weeks. Um, and then you've just got Will Levis out there who was given an invite and has simply just gone, F you, I'm just going to straight up decline and not even pretend to be injured. So um, I don't, I'm not sure there is those type of top end players, but there's a lot of players who were going to be on that cusp of the first round just because of the lack of, of top end and elite talent in the draft that there's just going to be a stack of guys probably from 20 through to, I could say 60 probably, where you could just have them in any order. And, you know, we could be a player that we're speaking about now who would be ranked at 60 that, that could go in the first round because they are all that closely matched. So this, the senior ball will be a good way for them to separate. Um, it's just about expectations. Um, Luke Musgrave is a guy that that uh, is getting a lot of um, traction at the moment, and uh, like it or not, whether it should be or shouldn't be, momentum is a real thing when it comes to the the NFL draft and carrying that in. Um, somehow he only played two games this season. I didn't even watch him in the summer, and he's played. You know, all of a sudden his name's up in lights. I've watched him, and I really like him. I think what what it part of it is he's six foot six, two hundred and thirty five pounds, and he's rumored to run in the four fours. He is a true athlete. Um, so if he can, again, cause some of that separation, um, especially running up the seams and he can come down with the ball, then, then I think you're going to see a real ascendance from him. I don't think you'll need to read my uh, players to watch because Owen just covered it very <laughs> nicely there because that's one of the guys I had on mine was um, Luke Musgrave. Just for that just for that hype reason, um, that, as I say, there seems to be a lot of people aboard the 
Musgrave train. I mean, and you met, it's interesting you, you mentioned about I hadn't really thought about it about momentum heading into a draft. Look at what happened at number one last year. I mean, we had initially there was Trayvon Walker. Oh, well, yeah, he might go to like number 30 to the Buccaneers or something. Oh, he's going up and up. Oh, he could be in the top five. He's going to be top, he's going to be first. And it was just that ride of momentum. And he actually did go first. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what maybe someone from the senior bowl gets that kind of momentum. I don't think so. But um, is there going to be someone out of nowhere that comes in the draft that's going to rock out boards? Um, it's really interesting to see. And Luke Musgrave is, he, I, I don't think he's going to be in the first round, no, no, nowhere, nowhere near that kind of range. But he's a guy who a lot of people are getting behind. And when you see that name's just getting out there more, I think that's what people start to to hang on to as well. I, I, I think, think. Sorry, go on, MJ. No, I was, I was just going to say. I just think it's something we're probably going to return to as we as we go through through the process. But I mean, I've only been doing this for for a, a small number of years, and already you kind of see that drift with players who perhaps do have more to lose, who all of a sudden don't play the bowl game. You know, they don't go to the senior bowl. Maybe they duck out of the combine. Maybe they leave it all to their pro day because they feel as though they've got too much to lose. This is a you know, there's a lot at stake here. Especially if you 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 on on the basis of your production at college, you figure you might be a you know a shoe in for for the first round. You might think, well, actually, uh, do you know what? Um, I've had a I've had a tough tough season. Maybe I'm carrying a few niggles. I'd rather just kind of you know sit it out for a few months, do my pro day. Um, whereas there are other guys, and you know the ones who are turning up at the senior bowl are in that category. Where actually they've got more to prove and therefore they do want to get that momentum and let's go to the senior bowl and maybe I don't play against top tier players week in week out but if I have a good senior bowl against some of these top guys that gives me some momentum go to the combine hopefully smash that and then start to rise up those draft boards but I think the whole process which is so long from the end of the college season right the way through to April I do wonder you know in, in future years are we going to see a, a difference in that in that process at some point if more and more players start to duck out of parts of the draft process yeah just uh, what I was going to say just kind of links into what you were saying there MJ that I was just thinking that the senior ball must hate the period between the college football playoffs and where we are right now because players are suddenly signing with agents and the, the, the agents are getting words from their contacts throughout college football and throughout the senior ball and throughout the league and then all of a sudden you get a whisper in the ear and they're going just don't risk it so they the senior ball and the staff then must absolutely hate it i'm sure though they, they combat it you get dropouts every year but it seems to be the ones this year has really hurt the top end talent because there was guys who were going to be drafted really highly who received invites um, that, that now aren't going and they say I was a little bit worried about it to start with I was you know you you start seeing the invites coming through and I'm thinking this is a little bit of a down year for the senior bowl but when you look more deeply into it you know because of outside of those three or four blue ship prospects the talent really could go anywhere so if you can go to the senior bowl and you can kind of mirror that quality uh, it's really going to be an opportunity for you to sort yourself out with these guys and so the senior bowl have done a really nice job of maybe not getting top 20 top 15 talent but they get a bunch and a bunch of day two talent who just need to fight it out while they're down there yeah and you, and you mentioned about some of the top end talents you know you're not appearing this year you know like will levis was invited and he's a quarterback we know is going to go in the first round but it's only a couple of years ago and and i think he was fairly likely to go in the first round anyway mac jones played 
and he he played the senior bowl and um, MJ's favorite player. But um, you know, you know guys as well, like, he was even yeah, more so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think about Justin. You know, so there's guys who have played it who you know you were fairly confident were going to be first round players at a premium position like quarterback have gone, and it's a bit interesting to see and a, a bit disappointing really that someone like Levis has went. Nah, it's not for me. Yeah, and, and you know, they, if you go into the senior bowl, you just look at the stats, and over the last four drafts, eighty eighty-seven percent of people who went to those drafts ended up on an active roster at some point during their rookie season. I mean, that's tremendous. That basically means if you're if you go to the senior bowl, there is a damn good chance you're going to end up on a roster at some point during that first season. Which it, which is, um, you know, that's a that's a great statistic for them. Yeah, that's why I put a lot of stock in these smaller school prospects who end up going because there's a reason that they go in there. NFL teams want to see what these players can do. It means that they're liked. You know, these players who maybe wouldn't have been heard of, but we just assume were probably going undrafted. All of a sudden, like, hang on, the NFL likes these because they want to see them up against better talent than they want to see them at the senior bowl. So it's a badge of honor for these guys to even get an invite. Absolutely. Let's go head to head with our fellow classmates. Um, yeah, I think you mentioned Will Levis. I think that's a weird one. We'll get onto it, obviously, in the process. But he, he he's got he's got stuff to prove. You think we're going to be uh... sick of speaking about him? I can tell you. <laughs> Let's just not talk about him. Feel stop. Yeah. He's dingy. Okay. He's dingy. Our friends at the Senior Bowl now. You just go. Nah, you, we're, we're not talking <laughs> yeah, about very you, mate. Personal. We we love yeah. the Senior Bowl. They always get. They always. Invite us to join in with stuff, and you know, and, and they're really good to us. So yeah, if the, he's 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 annoyed our friends at the senior bowl, so we're not talking about him. How dare he? Well, there we go. Um, I mean, it, anybody got any more? We've been through quite a lot of players there. I'm sure we could keep going. We could just go through every name, start speaking. <laughs> we we we've got more names if you want more names, but no, I think they're the. The, the key guys and some of the under uh, under the radar players that I think that you need to be looking out for. You know, you can go and find the the top players in the draft. Just go and look at big boards; you'll have them there. But these are the guys that we're we're expecting to do good things who maybe aren't being spoken about enough. Absolutely. If you want a few more names, or want to read up a bit more, do check out uh, the website. The article on there: top prospects for the Senior Bowl. It's all in there from all the guys. And that's it for this week, uh, the Draft Talk this week. As I mentioned, check out the website and, of course, our Twitter at 99yard.com or at 99yards for the Twitter. Uh, it's got everything you need for the draft. Of course, the, the NFL still cracking on. Um, there'll be loads of senior bowl stuff throughout the week. Uh, do keep your eyes peeled on that. But, yes, we'll be back uh, in about a week. I'm unfortunately away, so Stu will be in the hot seat. You never know. I might not be allowed back. But we will see. But thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the Senior Bowl. We'll see you soon.